0: Wake up! Wake up! Wake up, Daddy! Wake up, Mr. West,
1: Mr. West. This is Iris from Seattle. This is Ray from Chicago. And welcome to the Fatherhood Arise podcast. Where we talk about fatherhood stuff. Catholic dad stuff. We celebrate good dads here. Hey, dads, this is for you. Wake up, Daddy! daddy, daddy. Uh, welcome to the Fatherhood Arise podcast, what's up, everyone. What's up, everyone? If, uh, this is where Ray and I... Talk talk about the intersection of faith and fatherhood, you know, Catholic dad stuff. And if this is your first time, welcome. Uh, we love having you. We're glad that you found us. And if you've been with us for a long time, hey, thanks for listening. We're glad you're here. And we hope that you're uh, entering into this holiday season with a lot of cheer and happiness or uh, um, being prepared to put on a couple extra dad pounds as we as we enter into this like real-time uh, Ray, this is a good time for us because uh, we're not alone. We are not alone, man. We but are, we have we a guest did, today.
0: We do. We're joined in by Mark Dinglasan. Hey guys! Ooh, <laughs> wow, Mark Dinglasan. Mark Dinglasan, and dude, I I've known Mark for a while now. Back in Jersey, he's a he's a Jersey guy. He's he's still in Jersey. I'm I'm here in Chicago now, but we still chat here and there. Uh, we're in a fantasy league together. Um, he offered me a, a trade uh, maybe two, three weeks ago. And Terrible, because you asked it. for
2: Patrick Mahomes and Dalvin Cook. Maybe <laughs> for Joe Burrow. <laughs> yes. <I was> like... <laughs> but I... all right, all right. Take it easy.
1: Ray Ray's a champion, and he's uh, he's mentioned it multiple times on this podcast yes. that he has dominated yeah. all of you in that league so. just,
2: for one I year. For the... say, for the... <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure the trophy's named after me. But then again, the trophy's named after me because I sucked. So that's why. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and read his bio Mark Lawson, M-B-A Marketing Lawson is currently the executive director Of Kumak, The largest anti-hunger organization In Passaic County Kumak is dedicated to fighting hunger At its root causes by using Am I saying mm-hmm. this right? Ace, ACE's research and asset ACE's research and asset based Community building principles To create more just food access systems and partnership. Welcome, Mark Dinglasan.
2: Hey, welcome, Mark. Thank you, guys. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Man,
1: I've known Mark for a while as well, but it's been a minute since we've spoken. Um, And um, I would see Mark uh, up in Jersey. And I was like, man, that's an intimidating dude. I I think that was like my my (laughs) first impression of you, Mark, is like, that's an intimidating guy over there.
2: But he's he's a teddy bear, man. Right? You know, yeah. I <laughs> so it's it's funny. My wife, my wife tells me this, and then actually one of my team members tells me this now too. I they they remind me that I have to be very conscious of like my my facial expressions um, because like apper- apparently I it can I can come off like really mean sometimes.
0: Mm, but yeah, it's that like, it's that a uh, resting being last on face.
2: Is that <laughs> what it is? Or, or i thought maybe it was my my rocking mustache oh that could be um, it too. that's right oh man
1: Doing we gotta you, yeah, listeners you cannot see this <laughs> but we gotta we'll post the pictures but uh mark has a rocking mustache like this, just is, full, super this is full of
2: commitment uh to it so <laughs> yeah, take it yeah for, it's take like a control.
1: 70 it's like the 70s is back yeah
2: dude it's like yeah. a
1: curtain curtain in between his nose and lip <laughs> it's pretty incredible, yeah.
2: Yeah, and I'm if I fan. actually purse my lips enough, like just a little bit, I can taste my mustache.
1: Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, that was, Ooh, yeah, and he's doing it. There you go, yeah. So yeah. actually, so I was intimidated because Mark is like a, a big physical presence. Like he just has, like he can dominate the room like when, when he enters, but but um, that was before I knew him. But once I, I got to know him, like super nice guy, super nice guy and super talented. So really excited to have you here today to talk about um, Kumak and all the, th- Uh, awesome things that you're doing and and maybe get some insight into how we can kind of enter into this holiday season, um, from your point of view, but in this first part of the show, we usually have, uh, dad stories, which Ray calls dad vent when we're, are we in, are we in advent now? Is this happening? Is this, is this advent yet
0: or dad venting?
1: So we're going to (laughs) be actually dad venting in advent. So it's now dad vent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we're going to tell some real-life real, real life stories of dads. Ray, why don't you kick us off?
0: I'll kick you guys off. It's a short story for me. I um, I don't know if you guys have uh, put up your tree yet, your Christmas tree. Uh, we have. Uh, it's too early, bro. Uh, no, no, no. It's, it's not too early. It's definitely for us, always before Thanksgiving. Before?
1: And- yeah
0: and then we we take it down in um valentine's day so So, some good solid use of that christmas tree anyway quick story for me is just again it's just a tip more more of a uh, a pro tip for all our fathers out there with young children don't decorate your tree um uh i only decorate half of the tree up above where they can't reach the ornaments so yeah, just a heads up. Don't decorate the bottom part of the tree. Just decorate the, the upper half of the tree. Um, there's just, it's it's just it's kind of it looks funny because it's just a bald tree with no ornaments underneath. Because they would just pick at it, and I've I've had uh, I've had ornaments that's broken already and just threw it away. Because yeah, they just smash it and take it. So yeah, I learned my lesson two years ago, and uh, I just decorate the, the upper half there you
1: go that's my so so heads. can i ask you a question ray go for are, it are and i have guys, a question uh, too <laughs> okay. are you guys a, are you a yeah, real you tree real tree family or a you know, or a artificial tree good family question good question
0: i wanted to go real tree this year uh but it didn't happen and yeah so we we have a we have a uh an artificial tree that we use every year
1: i see
2: yeah and my question is at what age are you supposed to start um, that like when your kids are like, what, two years old and it's because what having mean, a like, tree, no, no, the raise, raise technique of like only decorating oh, half the tree, which yeah, I still can't yeah. wrap my head around. No, that's true. <laughs> but, like...
0: Yeah. No, that's true. I mean, when, when guests are over, you, you put some ornaments down under, but, uh, when they're walking around, I, yeah. When they start, so what, what is that? Like uh one, two years old when yeah, they're one yeah. year old. Yeah. Oh, really? When they start walking, yeah, put it all the way up. So my
2: my selfish reason yeah. for asking that question is because my Optimus Prime collection is like on an mm-hmm. unprotected shelf, and it stretches like yeah. on the entire wall. Oh goodness! Yeah. And my kid is eight months old, <laughs> eight months. <laughs> so I have four more months. Oh, yeah, is yeah. it reachable? Yeah. Is it totally. reachable?
1: Like the shelf is like well? four, They can four get shel- that, Four
2: shelves. Like bottom shelf is right there, and. Put some barbed wire on that, like broken
0: glass, just to
1: make sure. Just to make Drop sure. Drop some Legos on the floor, so if they step on it, they're gonna. And they can I
2: use that same technique then for a Christmas tree, so I can decorate a full Christmas tree? No, I'm just wondering. You could, yeah. yeah. yeah barbed wire, broken glass.
1: That's another way of doing it. Oh
2: man, no.
1: it's like the tree's not wearing pants. That's weird. It's weird, but
0: it's it's for i mean there's there's lights because they can't like pick out the lights it's it's stuck sure. there with the ornament wise
2: oh okay above. okay that makes i get it yeah up above yeah
1: yeah but maybe you should just like not decorate the tree maybe just have the lights only you could You'd ever but, think of that
0: i mean it's all in one box it's, you know it's all in one box so i gotta empty out the box anyway and <laughs> <laughs> oh, getting, getting all technical here what's going on come on <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. You said oh, this is no. going to be a short story. Sorry. Okay. Right, so next right. for right. me, <laughs> well, Merry Christmas to you, Ray, or happy Advent. Yeah. Um, for me, oh man, guys, it, lots been going on, but the, here's the most interesting thing that's happened for, for my dadhood is, uh, my son is 12 years old and or my oldest is 12 and he, uh, he's had a lot of questions about like going through puberty and he's like when am i gonna go through puberty and so my wife said i'm gonna enroll him in a class at um the seattle children's hospital because they do all these classes for like boys going through puberty and it was really interesting so we enrolled and we went and uh and we listened and there's a lot of things that were like really informative and good And there were other things where I'm like, I'm going to have to circle back to that because that that might be something that we have Mm. to talk about in the context of our faith and also the beliefs, uh, uh, you know, like according to your body. But yeah, it was like a super interesting conversation that I was just not like mentally prepared for at the time Mm. because my wife said. Hey, I signed up uh, our son for the class, and it's tonight over Zoom. So oh, you're wow. gonna sit with him. <laughs> and I was like, just like I'm that. totally unprepared. Oh my god, it was
2: Zoom. <laughs> so too. Like,
1: okay, okay, yeah. And so, uh, so we had to just kind of go to this class, and it was it was super interesting. And the the one of like the first activities was draw your prepubescent body, and then draw your post. Puberty body, what you imagine it to be, and they said everyone draw that. So my son drew um, a pre his pre-puberty body, and then he drew a post-puberty body, and I also drew a pre-puberty <laughs> body and a post-puberty body. And then like my my drawing, I actually have it here, but it w- wouldn't make sense to show it. But um, I drew like a really fat child. <laughs> Uh, because that was like me and then I drew like a really buff person post-puberty with a beard and that's like and I showed my son I was like this is me like he's like that's not you dad (laughs) Um, so yeah Um, we're struggling in our in our tween relationship and but the last part the last part was like the most interesting part because he was like um, he asked a real question he said dad when am I going to go through puberty and how do I know? How do I know I'm going through puberty? I was like, well, you're going to feel all these feelings and like your hormones are going to start going. But like the, the key son is body hair. Like, do you guys remember like when you first got your first uh, like armpit hair? You guys remember that in your life? I haven't, or, I haven't
2: gotten one yet. Body. <laughs> I haven't grown. Ray doesn't have body hair. That, <laughs> that is true. Uh, no, no lie. And I'm not saying this because, um because of my mustache. Literally, I never, I didn't notice my first like armpit hair. I totally noticed once I had a whisker, like on my, on my yeah. upper lip. And I was like,
1: Ooh. Right. So I was, so I said to him like, Hey, pay attention and check your body and see like will you get like a, a hair like a mustache hair or an armpit hair then you know it's happening and he got and then so like 30 minutes later he calls dad 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 come here and then i went up to the bathroom and he's like i have hair and he pulled his pants down, <laughs> oh, no. his pants down and showed me <laughs> three pubes guys three oh, pubes <laughs> whoa
0: oh my god he was listening
1: good job man all right there you go so like it's exciting it's exciting times here which actually just reminds me of when (laughs) when that happened
0: to me i got scared and i took my dad's razor i was in the bathroom no i'm taking this off and you never really told my dad that i used his
1: (laughs) yeah yeah, i did i just remembered it that's dangerous i
0: know it is very dangerous
1: i i mean i didn't
0: go to a Seattle Hospital um, talk. Yeah, you didn't go to a class. Man. You
1: didn't go to a class. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, we're celebrating three, three <laughs> pubes here. out here.
2: Congrats! It's, uh, Congrats! It's
1: uh, it's a big momentous more, more time come. here in our family. More to come. Yeah, yeah.
2: my, my turn. Mark, how about my
1: you? Turn. <laughs> So
0: before I don't know if I should edit all of this out, man. I don't know. No, you're keeping it.
2: Oh, you're, keeping, you're keeping you're the... keeping all of it. I uh, yeah, probably there will. have already been like three occasions where I could have made like one of the old jokes that I used to make when I was just like with Ray in like a private meeting. Look at
1: you oh, all growing and, it up now That self-control. Right?
2: So you are not editing any of this out. My dad's story, and it's because I'm still a rookie. Like my kid is eight months old and I, I actually never, ever thought that I would be a dad. So just the fact that I can be part of dad vent sessions is like amazing to me because it really does. It does does change you. Right. Um, my dad's story and maybe you guys will remember your first time, um, going through this and your listeners too. I had my first experience of my kid getting a boo-boo, um, and so mm. we were in, we were in Chicago just recently and our daughter is Lily Grace. Her nickname is LB short for little bear. Cause you know, the bears like you can't, because uh, mm. my nickname is bear. So she's little bear. Um, when she sleeps on the bed, we have a camera that monitors her and then we surround her with pillows. Quite literally while we were in Chicago, she learned to, not just turn herself over because she's been very mobile at eight months already, um, wanting to stand, crawling. She turned over, pushed all the pillows aside and made a beeline for her mom's cell phone that was playing like the music that she likes when she sleeps, except the cell phone was Mm. on the nightstand. And so I was in the living room and next thing I know I hear you know, the, the difference between like the cry where they're pretending and the cry where they're in distress. So I hear the distress cry from the living room. So automatically like that parental instinct, that dad instinct, right. It's very, I do tell Michelle, like, I find myself being like protective, like, like my job is to support and protect. Um, And ran, so I ran into the living room and I don't know if you guys, I mean, into the bedroom. The lights were dimmed, so the experience of, uh, I'm gonna try and accurately describe this and tell me if you guys have, like remember the first time you experienced this. You go in and you realize something is not right because the cry wasn't coming from the bed. It was coming from the floor. And when like my eyes were mm-hmm. able to focus in the dark, there's my kid like sprawled out like this. With her distressed, distressed cry, and like it dawned on me what had just happened, and oh man, like the feelings of like, wow, did I fail? Wow, do I suck? Yeah. Wow, is my child gonna die? Um, you know, yeah. inspecting for where is she, where, where is she hurt? And then like your brain goes through all the things that could have happened. Because she literally like from her belly took a swan dive, like off the bed, Mm. smacked the corner of her forehead on the corner of the nightstand and then flipped over and landed on her back. So Mm. that mortifying um, experience of what that was like. And like this kid, man, I, I tell my team all the time. It's funny to me how like, I can do the work that I do, but this tiny human makes me feel so vulnerable in a way that I'd never um, mm-hmm. felt it before. So, yeah. And that and then, so now I've, I actually, Michelle and I have actually now seen what it actually looks like. She looks like a freaking frog. Like she, like several times now, since we've gotten back, we've been back from Chicago for two days, like seeing her flip onto her belly. And when she wants something just like. Jumps for it like a frog. So now I'm like, okay. So goes for yeah. it. Yeah, I'm like, that's how you did it. That's how you fell. So, yeah. Wow. Let's make that my dad story. Like, yeah, <laughs> just feeling that <laughs> wow. man. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, that's so terrifying, dude. The that first time kid falls off the piece of furniture, and mm. did yeah. you break anything? And did they hit their head? Oh my gosh! Yeah, totally totally feel that. That's a terrifying moment. And I like how you said that it makes you feel vulnerable. I think, uh, I I don't think, I don't think that's ever changed for me. So I don't like the way my kids make me feel because they make me feel vulnerable all the time. Maybe that's why I get really mad at them.
2: Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the part that I love the most about being a dad, but at the same time, like, I don't know if I'm quite ready for LB the tween, LB the the toddler that le- that that yells at me for the first time, you know. So yeah, because it feels very vulnerable. It's, it's funny how
0: you just mentioned that because Grace and I were just talking about this as well. Um, our firstborn Gabriel, he he joined basketball, and he doesn't know the rules, and so he feels so lost in the uh, in the games. He's been going to games and stuff. So he's really down on himself. And I just, my memory like zooms all the way back when I was holding him as a newborn. I don't know why, but my first thought when I was holding him as a newborn, I said, man, I love this guy so much. But the thing is, is that I'm not going to be there every single time this guy's going to get hurt. And sure, the physical pain, yes, you know, that's going to happen. But the the emotional pain, that's what I was scared of the most. And now that it's kind of happening to him, like he feels like he's inadequate. He feels like he's like, he's below everyone. And he feels like no, no one wants to pass to him. He's actually hiding from the ball, you know, that, that kind of a thing. Like he doesn't belong. Oh, it breaks my heart. It yeah. breaks my heart. So yeah, definitely that never goes away. <laughs> that never goes away. And he's yeah, he's about to turn twelve in in uh, three days. Um, so yeah, it never goes away. And you, as as a father, you kind of just watch. And I've been reflecting on this. Like I, I wonder how our heavenly father feels with us, like kind of going through life and you know stubbing our toe and you know falling down here and not being the best version of ourselves type of thing and i've been chewing on them like man he probably you know he he probably feels that (laughs) in his heart it sinks
2: and you know what's crazy is like for the three of us like that feeling of vulnerability like you feel powerless and you're like i don't know how to help you but imagine for Mm. for our heavenly Mm. father Mm. what does it look like to be all powerful and know that he could fix it but he could; he's not going mm. to, right? Like, which ones? Which one's worse? Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, who's who, who's got it worse? Like, there's just like a mind bender for the next thirty <laughs> seconds. Yeah. yeah.
1: That I mean that I mean that even in that thought, that's like, isn't that the true exercise of power? That shows what power is. It's like the power to do mm. but withhold. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a that's a true yeah. sense of what that, what that power is, right. That I could at any time act, um, but I withhold that. Um, cause, cause as dads, we do that too, uh, we, I have to let my kids learn lessons mm-hmm. and I can't, I can't make the choices for them. I, I constantly tell them this all the time. Like only you can make that choice. <laughs> I can't do it right. In, when in fact, I could, I could force the issue right. because of my power over them, but that actually doesn't prove anything, right? Because there's nothing to be gained only in the moment. Um, like I want my kid to eat like, well, I could shove food down their gullet, right? Yeah. I have the power to do so, but that doesn't teach them how to eat, right? That That just shows that. I'm good at shoving food down.
2: Dude, so there are, um, so as I do my my work, I have so many God moments and like, well, we'll I, know, I know we'll get to that, but the reason I got it to, I'm having a God moment right now. Please. I'll share with you both. Quite, quite literally, like one of the things that we're doing on our social media feed right now is kind of like sharing some of like keywords and phrases and definitions that we do in our anti-poverty work and in, in our food justice work. Literally today we were talking about what is the definition of empowerment, um, and and what is what does it look like to do it um, in a way that's not sustainable versus doing it doing empowerment for the communities and families that rely on us for help in a way that is more sustainable. And it's exactly what you're describing, Iris. Like it's the difference between force feeding services and like this is what's best for you down somebody down like our kids throat versus like giving them the power to make decisions. Like remind me when we get to that, like I'll actually pull up our feed and like, and share the definition of empowerment that we landed on that we posted on social. Um, But yeah, it's like, it all, it all applies doing my work. I think is giving me, insight into being a dad and vice versa being a and my my chief operating officer actually predicted this she was like this kid's going to be really good for you um, on so Mm. many different levels um and she's right because like staring at this kid and being vulnerable with this kid and being (laughs) being reminded like you two are not the first to remind me that it never ends like this feeling of vulnerability and this feeling of like I'm just flying by the seat of my pants, shooting from the hip, and pretending like I know what's really going on, you know. Um, and like, just the idea of more than committing to raising a human and hoping that they don't become a murderer, um, you know, just like committing to a lifetime of this kind of uncertainty. That's just wild to me.
0: So actually, you know? so. a great segue to our next segment which is when we ask you that question what does fatherhood mean to you 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 want to i mean there's there's a lot of ways to define it we kind of started going through all the definitions of what fatherhood kind of looks like and there's a lot of facade in fatherhood as well right but then yeah i mean you just started talking about Mm -hmm. it already but um yeah man what does fatherhood mean to you
2: So we'll start, we'll start with this when LB was born. um, So we have the blessing of like, my parents are, are close by. Um, So our first stop actually, when LB was born was my parents' house so that we could sleep, we could straight up just sleep and rest. And my mom could help out and, um, I remember Michelle and I were in my parents' kitchen just eating. It was the first time like we really had um, time to like breathe, rest and like eat real food. Um, And I looked at Michelle and I told her, babe, I want to build a better world for this kid. Um, And. So I think that's the first thing that fatherhood Mm. um, means to me is building better systems, building better relationships, building a better version of myself um, for um, this tiny human. Um, All of my work um, around equity and justice and anti-hunger has become so much more personal um, because of fatherhood. Um, And I haven't completely landed on a full definition of what it means to me, but what I know for sure is that it's a reminder that I don't know everything. I am not perfect. And the most freeing thing about being a man of faith in this line of work is that at the end, it's not up to me. So those are, I think those are my two definitions thus far in eight months of fatherhood. (laughs) So this, this may change next week.
1: Yeah, I mean, but that has a lot of wisdom to it. I, I think, uh, I think when you were describing that, I had a vision of um, Pope Francis when he was like uh, named Pope, standing mm. on the balcony, like coming out the first time, and he's like walks out and he says, "Pray for me," yeah. right? Like, there's like a uh, all of a sudden he's thrust into this, yeah, thrust into this like giant responsibility. Mm-hmm. that he himself knows like i am ill-equipped <laughs> to do this <laughs> um and, and uh the only way that i'm gonna get through this is with grace like with your prayers and with your help right like to to know like dude we're we're gonna be bad at this we're sinners like <laughs> and um and ultimately this is this is God's work. Whether you're the Pope or whether you're dad to LB, you know that this is God's work, and God entrusted this uh, to you, and uh, it's a special calling. and And he's you're the only one that he called to this, to right. that, to this particular thing, right? To that particular human. Yeah. Uh, what a tremendous grace and responsibility as well.
2: Yeah, and it makes it so much. Freeing is the only word I, I I can't say easier. Knowing that, and and full disclosure, when I took over Kumac, it's not the Kumac that it was now. Like there's a whole, there was a whole thing that we had to do, and one of my one of my management team actually asked me, "Isn't this scary to you? Like now that you know what we're up against and what we have to do and how much work is ahead of us?" And literally, the answer that I gave about fatherhood and this is what I mean by like all the lessons like are so tied together in so many different God moments that I've been having. I looked at her and I was like, and I told her that that same line, I was like the most freeing thing about being a a, a person of faith in this line of work is that I know it's not up to me. The second part of my answer to her was if I execute with fidelity and I use every faculty that God has given me, um, he's got the rest, right? So, um, but th- that's the second part to it: execute with fidelity and use every faculty that um, he's given, me. because he's not just going to give it to us, right? And like, snap his fingers and we're and I'm going to be perfect dad. Um, so there's stuff that he's been arming me with through my own struggles, my my own. Like I've gotten my butt handed to me over over the years right from the time we were mission workers to like me in the corporate world like I have had my ass handed to me several times over and now in retrospect I think like you know to to the point that was made just now in this conversation I think it was supposed to help me be a better dad but will I use it that way
0: that's that's a big that's a big ask to also be handed
2: as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> I said
1: big ask. 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 I know. I was like, A-S-K. I was about to, I was about A-S-K. to be
2: like, what big, what big ask?
0: But yes. <laughs> do, the, do the big ask. Yeah. yeah. Hey, can you tell us about your work? Can you tell us about Kumag? What you have built there? And then maybe can you link it also to now family life? You're a family man now how how can we and and also our listeners kind of do the same thing that you guys are doing in cumac
1: yeah well before before that before what's that, cumac yeah. <laughs> yeah what's cumac <laughs> and then and then i'll put it this down.
2: so um i mean easiest way to to get a better idea of it cumac.org that's our that's our website Um, we're an anti-hunger organization. We're not a food bank and we're not a food pantry. Um, so when I was doing juvenile justice and diversity work in Chicago, um, I met the presiding judge and I, my, my organization actually reported to the presiding judge for the juvenile justice system, um, of Chicago and judge Martin used to ask all her department heads all the time how do we get to the point where we empower families enough so that there, there it is again, empower, right? Power. Um, So that we empower families enough so that DCFS is not pulling kids out of the home. By the time I left Chicago's juvenile justice system, there were 5,800 kids in the juvenile justice system and 254 kids in lockup. Right. And minimum kids were spending um, in the juvenile justice system was two years. Some would spend up to 20 years um, in the system. And in lockup, you're not supposed to be in lockup for more than a couple of months. Some kids were in lockup for a year, two years, right? So CUMAC, I, I classify us as an anti-hunger, anti-poverty organization. Um, prior to me getting there, we were an emergency food bank that pumped out 2 million pounds of food um, a year. Um, it was It's 30 years old, um, based in Patterson, New Jersey, which is the city started by Alexander Hamilton to create the American economy. So for everybody that loves Hamilton, when George Washington empowered Alexander Hamilton to create the American economy and make it independent from Uh, European commerce, he built the city of Patterson. Um, So there's a fun fact for you all. The first submarine. That's a fun fact. The first submarine built and tested in the United States was built in Patterson. Um, The first steam engine, uh, some of the first uh, Colt pistols from Samuel Colt. All came out of uh, Patterson. So boom, boom, boom. Patterson, you Jersey. Oh, Multiple. You're
1: representing Patterson today. Shout out. I know. Shout to out. The mighty city. Shout out to
2: Patterson. I told my team, like, so I took over in 2017. I told them, um, like, one of our first staff meetings, I was like, yo, I totally understand why you guys rep your city so hard. Because <laughs> it's like, it's amazing. So I get to Kumac. I see this, like, 28,000 square foot facility that has the ability to pump out two million pounds of food. And in my mind, I said, oh my God, we could do the thing that Judge Martin was talking about in Chicago. I had two job offers when I got Mm. back to Jersey, juvenile justice in New Jersey and CUMAC. So when people ask me what CUMAC is, I tell them first what CUMAC used to be, which is emergency food. You're hungry, you can't feed um, your family. Here's a bag of food. We'll see you next time we're now creating a more just food access system. The opposite of poverty is not wealth, it's justice, right? Brian Stevenson. Um, And justice is the continuous pursuit of equitable opportunities for others. So now, CUMAC, we've been going through a four-year transformation. Uh, ACEs stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. How do you prevent adverse childhood experiences asset-based community building. How do you lift up the main asset of every community that needs help? Um, And that's the people that live in that um, community. And we use our ability to now provide fresh, healthy food um, to also say, what else do you need um, now that you're coming here? So we see about 2000 people a month minimum um, we also do emergency food delivery to homebound seniors, benefits enrollment for seniors, um, emergency relief. Um, we have pilot programs for moms that have experienced domestic violence, um, job training. Um, my big crazy dream is that 80% of our team will be from the communities we serve um, on full mm-hmm. benefits and living wages. So right now, 72% of the team is from reentry, welfare, Patterson, Um, everybody makes above $15 an hour. Um, and we're pushing for like true living wage. And if you elect to go on our benefits, um, it's full benefits. Doesn't matter if you're, um, frontline staff or executive staff, it's full benefits across the board. So that's what, um, that's what we do and tying it back to your question, Ray, of How do we take that back to our families? Yeah. I I mean, God moment, right? Talking about power. So I remembered. So I'll pull up. So a lot of the work that we do is about how do you give power back to the communities that you're serving? At the end of the day, like the three of us can make decisions about um, what our families are going to eat, where our kids are going to go to school, what educational programs are tweenage sons should go to, right. Where we, where we can go to worship all of that. That's what actual power looks like. So there's a constant exercise of how do you, how do you create a community of practice around how to make sure that everybody has that same access to power. Right. Mm -hmm. So that we just posted it on social Kumac feeds. If you want to follow us on Instagram and Twitter um, and TikTok. Um, empowerment to us, creating a space for others to become stronger and more confident in controlling one's own life. Right. So, and we wrestled with like, what does empowerment actually mean? And Iris, to your point, like as a dad, you could totally shove broccoli down your kid's throat mm-hmm. and say, be healthy, be healthy, be healthy, but that's not sustainable. Right. In fact, they'll probably right. do the exact opposite. Right. Um, Absolutely. They do. Right. Right. So, but what does it look like when we create safe spaces for people to fail, for our children to fail a safe place to fail? What does it look like when we have a safe place to fail as fathers, as, as mothers, Mm -hmm. as, as siblings? Um, And what does it, what does it look like to know that the decisions you make actually do matter and your voice is actually heard. Um, We're trying to do that at CUMAC, but it's a faith walk as well, because to create that safe space and to be truly dedicated to that access to that transference of power, that self-actualization and realization of power um, is an everyday exercise in vulnerability and commitment. Sounds a lot like fatherhood to me, you know, yeah. to like our families. Yeah. That's a huge, I mean, first off,
1: that's incredible what you're doing. Um, I got like a series of questions like, how'd you get into that? Like, weren't you a missionary? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, and then, and then you got an MBA and then you're doing this. But then um, on a practical level, um, I think what you're saying really rings true. And maybe that's the scariest part is that, yeah, in order to create a a more just society, like we have to begin in concrete realities, right? Where we, where we see each other in, in a, in a relation of kinship, yeah. right? Like, uh, like Gre- the way that Greg Boyle frames it, you know, that, um, that um, we belong to one another and, and we, we are stronger when we are vulnerable to each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, and practically speaking, in a family, that's difficult as a father, right? Like because yeah. I have to be in a constant state of vulnerability to my family in order to empower them. Cause and that only happens in a in relationships of trust, right? Yeah. So you like have to build like what you say is a safe space or a safer space right like i don't know if there's any true safe spaces but like in safer spaces you could say like yeah i'm good. i can trust i can trust that but and hopefully like our homes are those places like where you said um we said like can is this a place where you can fail yeah. and then feel like this is a safe place to fail and i know that when I fail, I'm going to be held, you know, not punished, that yeah. I'm, I'm going to learn. Uh, and failure is a step towards uh, the eventual success or realization or fulfillment. Um, and that's true, like the journey of the human person, like in in seeking justice and equity and that's true in our relationships in our families um and when you said that i'm like real talk is this is my home like a place where my mm. where my family feels like they could fail or is it like oh i'm very nervous right. that dad's around and i can't fail here because he's gonna get pissed you know what i'm saying
0: and with that thought iris that's My heart sank when um, I was telling you guys about Gabriel. You know, he just joined basketball. He's still learning the sport. And I felt like his attitude or maybe it's more of his personality is that ever since he was little, he he wants to always appease me Mm. as his father. And so he felt that pressure when I'm watching his games like, oh, I'm not doing this. I should be doing that. And there, you know, that whole thing. And, it was hard for me to realize that and to see that. And your your words, Mark, I wanted to give them the freedom to be like, no, dude, just have fun. Like you did great. What are you talking about? Yeah. Going back to that question, are we building that space in our homes to to uh to, to for our kids to safely fail and for us to kind of lift them up and say, Hey, all is well, man. Yeah, you yeah. you you did this the wrong way, but hopefully you learn from it, right? You know that 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 whole thing of, of of that safe as you mentioned, Mark, that safe place to fail. And,
2: and I I feel obligated to also mention because when when I say safe place to fail, there's a lot of questions that arise about that. Like, what does that actually look like? And then, aren't you enabling, and whatnot? So. I want to also mention like the actual theory or framework that we use, there's an actual framework that we use for, for this, for, um, resilience and self-healing communities. And it literally goes community relationship, uh, individual relationships and then community. So first, and again, it applies to both my work and community building work and justice and equity work. But I, I see how I am going to apply it to, to LB. Um, and to myself actually as My I raised yeah yeah as I raise lb so you start off with celebrating individual capabilities um, giving people the ability to hope um, helping them realize self-efficacy meaning the, the decisions they make will actually matter and make a difference in their life and only once you can um, emphasize and like break make a breakthrough on those two things can you talk to an individ- an individual about self-regulation, like thinking about it, talking about it. Um, And then after individual capabilities and focusing on those three things, you have to focus on, and this is what especially gets to that whole question of what does it look like to create a safe place to fail? You need both caring and competent relationships. It doesn't work unless you have both caring, you're loved, you belong, um, you're part of a family, you you are valued. Um, that's the caring relationship, but competent, meaning um, it's a teaching relationship. Um, and it's a symbiotic relationship where you're learning together and growing together. Mm-hmm. And then if you can get those two relationships down pat after doing individual capabilities, then you focus on community culture um, and spirituality and celebrate those mm-hmm. two, and celebrate those two things. Um, So that's what it looks like to actually build a safe place to fail, at least like, you know, CUMAC's definition, my definition. So I'm totally going to cheat and take like my work stuff <laughs> and build a family yeah. around it.
1: Yeah. Sure. I mean, and that's part of the normal human kind of process too, right? Like, Because you have to kind of embrace who you are and um, that's part of like the natural development. and then and then from there, like, oh, realize like, oh I'm it's not all about me, but I have to belong to a a, a series of other people, yeah. like a family, a, commu- a community. And in that community there has to be this reciprocity or this um, this um, common, common understanding of love and care and, and, um, taking care of one another and, and ownership and then, and then, uh, moving into, well, what does that community then value? Right. And, and that's like a nat that's part of the natural flow. So in terms of the way that your, your organization is, is operating, it's, it's really like humanistic. It's really, it's like really based on, on the person and, um, I think that gives great dignity and, um, and that's a, that's a beautiful thing for you as the leader of your organization to be doing. And also to, to kind of just apply that in our own, in our own context as dads and in our families, uh, thinking of, thinking of that, like, oh, how, how do you, cause you're like at the beginning of that, uh, it led that journey with this. Eight month old baby, yeah, and uh, yeah. So you're gonna constantly be like moving through those phases and and trying to integrate all of that into your own life. I, I wonder um, for myself. Well, I have a I have a one year old also. I guess they're fifteen months old. And I'm I'm not good at the the months uh, <laughs> counting. Um, I got like a fifteen month old and a twelve year old, and then kids in between, like. I wanna apply that, uh, those principles to my family or, or more intentionally, maybe they are there and they exist. But I think what you're really sharing a lot of wisdom here and how to um, really not just organize um, a, a anti-poverty and anti-hunger organization, but like organize like a place that's filled with dignity for the other.
2: Thank you. And yeah, I, I being a dad, has I think when I say it's given me a a different lens into doing this work I think that's I have more empathy now towards this Mm -hmm. attempt at humanistic anti-poverty anti-hunger work right so like I say one of the things I say all the time is even before LB was born is ending hunger has nothing to do with giving people food right and now that I'm a dad I am so affirmed that Mm. that statement is um, so true, Um, you know? And it's, it's, it's such like, like it takes so many people like a hot second to just wrap their head around that. Like if you create safe places to fail and you help people feel empowered, that that's actually how you move the needle towards equity and justice, rather than giving people stuff. Right, mm-hmm. and yet that's kind of how what I see in my short like tenure as a dad. That's kind of how we define success as like as parents as families, right? Like we're not going to shove things down our or at least we hope we're not, right? So you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, so- sometimes you have to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, caring and competent, right? But <laughs> <laughs> the point the point is like, I think it's innate in in us as as christians like it's part of like our charism um like and especially as as christian and catholic dads like we know these things these lessons the crazy part is like when you actually start applying it to everything Mm -hmm. right everything and living out your faith yeah, yeah yeah man like that's that's the community of practice for like the team and i at Um, I was just talking to my COO today. I was like, I was like, man, nothing but God, like total God moments just happening. And um, yeah, I mean, it goes back to that thing I shared with you guys. Like Mm. if I execute with fidelity and use every faculty, he's got the, he's got the rest. And like the test, the test for me is how, how down am I to truly believe that every second of the day, especially when shit gets real.
1: Absolutely. Okay, so practical question then, Mark. Yes. Uh, not, not, not to put put you on the spot, but like we're we're uh, in like the Thanksgiving season and um, and like, moving into Christmas, and I I imagine that's a, a busy time in the anti-poverty, anti-hunger game, uh, and so for a fam let's say there's a family who wants to be involved like they're they're hearing what you're doing in Kumak, and they're like but that sounds like really something that we wanted to be involved in 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 our family and um how would how would uh like how do you suggest families get involved in this kind of work or um Mm -hmm to incorporate that into their lives, the values, or, you know, as, as a person who runs an organization like that, um, what do you suggest for families who are, who are like, you know, it's, it's now Thanksgiving, we're thinking about giving back and like, what would you suggest for those, those families? Yeah.
2: So, um, real talk, real talk, right. Especially for listeners that are like, Hey, you know, we gotta, we gotta give back this holiday, um, season, Real talk, three points, um, a point and two stories, actually point one, there will always be room for emergency food, emergency needs, emergency toys, emergency clothing. So if you, if, if that's what you want to do, there is a place for that and celebrate that. And I honor you for, for doing that. Um, but let's balance that with, I'll tell you these two stories, very quick stories. One, I have an amazing friend. He's actually a pastor, um, And he's got a ton of lived experience, Um, grew up in California. And I remember we were drinking whiskey together. And he was like, you know, the first time I realized I was poor was when a family gave me a toy Mm. for Christmas, right? Um, Mm. And the point he was making is that Sometimes we have all the best intentions and, you know, there's, there's a poor child over there and it's Christmas. So I got to give that, I got to give that poor child a toy. But my friend's point was for him, like life was good, right? Like, yeah, it wasn't perfect. But then all of a sudden here comes this gift and it's placed in front of him. And he was like, wait a minute, is my life not perfect? Mm. Right. And he, and he came to that, he came to that hard question as a child. Um, second story, I have an all-star mom that we hired tons. She's got a ton of lived experience. She actually lectures with me at universities about how we do this work. Um, raised is raising five kids and her, her mic drop. She's chock full of mic drop statements. And one of her mic drop statements was, um, well, she has two. Um, if all you do is give us homes, we're homeless in our own homes. Ooh, her second one was. Just because we're poor doesn't mean we don't get to say we don't like carrots <laughs> <laughs> right? so so she says these things and i'm like oh god Ugh. so um i share all that to say for families that really want to move the needle and make a difference this christmas um have a conversation like as a family and with your kids about like what you want to do and what matters um especially like with the fallout of this pandemic and everything that's going on have a real conversation as a family about what matters to you and like what you wanna do. And then what you do is I highly suggest everybody reach out to your community organizations, your churches that are helping um, families, individuals and ask, genuinely ask, what do you need, right? rather than this needs-based approach of there's poor people in this part of our neighborhood. So we should do a canned food drive. And then we're going to find an organization and give it to them, Mm -hmm. reach out to the organization first and ask what, what are your clients, your families telling you that they need Um, even better. If like there's an opportunity to hear directly from clients about like, what do you actually need? Um, And Build a strategy around that, you know. Like the old director of DCFS in Chicago once asked a, like it was a slew of uh, kids in care, what do you actually need and what do you actually want? They didn't want toys, they didn't want clothes. They were just like, just call us kids, man, right? Yeah. So like writing cards to tell a to tell a kid or a family, I see you. Um, and we're here and then do a gift card so that that mom can buy can be the one to go to target and buy their own gift make it a make it a kinship relationship it's going to it'll teach your kids about how to community build it'll teach you about how to um create a community of practice with your kids. And it could very well also plug you into like greater community building work that's happening um, this holiday season.
1: I love it. Those are super practical approaches to, to the the holiday, like versus like saying like, I mean, in a way sometimes our, our charitable giving is like makes us feel better rather than, than actually make a difference. Um, but we want to be transformed in the experience cause we know that our salvation is wrapped up in the salvation of the other, right? That there's actually no other, that we are one. And yeah. so, uh, the, the, the pursuit of justice and equity and inclusion, all of those things are radically important and we gotta be working together for that instead of like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like once a year, like give a thing.
2: Yeah. there's actually you know your your statement just now iris reminded me of a powerful statement i forget her name now and i hate myself that i forget her name um she's a powerful international leader for for uh for women out of um australia and she was quoted as saying if you are here um, to help, you are wasting your time. But if you are here because you believe that your liberation is tied to my liberation, then let us work together. Absolutely, um, You know, and that, yeah, that's, that's what it would be like. And oh my God, and I would LB. love LB to learn that. Absolutely. Yes.
0: And it, it needs to come from the heart. It needs to come from a, a sincere motion of the heart to do something rather yeah. than and you know i'm i'm guilty of this as well in my family where i'm like all right we got to do something let's do something for christmas let's do something for thanksgiving we got to do this uh gotta, gotta go to the pantry grab some cans <laughs> things that we don't really eat
1: yeah 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 Pick <laughs> yeah, yeah. the worst thing is that are <laughs> like that, never that's gonna eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh-huh And
0: so am I teaching my kids that? Am I I teaching the right things? Thank you for this reminder for us as fathers and all our listeners out there as parents to to really build this community, build this family from the heart, right? My last question to you, Mark, as you're, it's a personal question, as you're preparing you know, um, and we're entering into. Are
1: we in Advent already? We're entering into. I think we're entering in when this entering airs. into. Entering yeah. In, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yeah, yeah. And, Thanksgiving. Um, this must come yeah, out on Thanksgiving. Is, Thanksgiving. I think it does. It is, yeah. Put up your Christmas yeah, trees is. according to Ray. Exactly. <laughs> uh Without pants. So, <laughs> the tree without pants, not the bottomless, not the person without bottomless. pants. <laughs> bottomless tree. Anyway,
0: my question, yeah. personal question to you: How do you? How do you? personally prepare yourself like your everyday kind of thing to you know to in this advent season how, how are you going to do that you're running this huge uh movement in Kumak. you're 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 leading this uh, great movement how do you yeah how do, how do you uh, set your foundation
2: um my day starts at 4 30 every morning um, with meditation and prayer time. Mm. Um, and now, um, there's a plus to it. Um, by the time I'm done with meditation and prayer time, I can hug my baby. Mm. Um, Mm. you know, but yeah, it's totally grounded in that. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm walking or, or running outside, um, you know, turn on Spotify and pray. Um, while I'm doing well while I'm there so yeah that's that's how I ground myself and center myself and especially if I know I'm headed into like a really hard meeting like rosary in my pocket
1: yeah I love all the I'm really in in the in the mindset of justice and like when you're speaking I'm just fired up that uh, oh man there's people out there that are doing it you know they're like they're out there living um living what not just like in words but um, leading uh, organizations that truly care and are trying to be um, just through the, their systems, right? Because we encounter that. Um, I might want to be a just person, but I participate in all these unjust systems to to exercise justice for others, and that's and that's so that's so tough, right? Like we want to we want to be a, of one, one mind and heart. We want to do what we preach, right? We want, we don't want to just it be to be empty words, but, um, so I really commend you and, and the great work that you're doing and we'll definitely, uh, keep praying for you and, um, this amazing, uh, this amazing work. It's, it's so needed. I hope I, I know that there's other organizations out there, um, but there's only one marketing loss So, um, they're <laughs> blessed to have you. Thank um, you. As we wrap up today, Mark, uh, could you bless us with a prayer?
2: Absolutely. Um, to put ourselves in the presence of the Lord and the father, the son, the Holy spirit. Amen. Heavenly father, we come before you as, um, uh, three dads, um, and all the listeners as well. Um, we come before you as imperfect people. Um, we pray Lord for the fortitude, um, to listen to you and to be able to be still in the vulnerability that you call us to teach us to find kinship with everybody, um, that enters our life. Lord, teach us to build communities of practice, um, that are dedicated to justice and equity, but more than anything, Lord God, especially for all the fathers that are listening and for the three of us, teach us how to make this work personal um, so that our children will learn from us and learn to be better than us and to do this better than we are doing it. Um, Hold us all in the palm of your hand, Lord, and Mama Mary, please pray for us and cover us in your mantle of protection um, as we just keep going on this journey that you've called each and every one of us towards. All this I ask and pray in your name. Amen.
0: All this Lord
1: Amen. Saint
0: Joseph.
2: Pray for us. Pray for us.
0: Pray for us. Hey Mark, if
1: people wanna uh support your work is there a place that they can go
2: are you accepting donations how how does that work Uh, absolutely uh cumac.org c-u-m-a-c.org gives you all the information on our work Uh, the donate button is right on there as well if you know anybody in jersey anybody in northern new jersey that wants help also give them our um that web address cumac.org because uh, the get help button is right on there as well um, and for anybody that wants to volunteer all our um, signups are online as well on that same website and um,
1: yeah, and you guys are taking taking volunteers even in COVID yeah. that's a uh, that's a uh,
2: things people yeah our, our we have four pages of health protocols that we that we follow so we're super strict um, but yeah volunteers are allowed we're all vaccinated boosted um, but we do require masks so yeah it's a pretty safe environment we made sure it it, it took a lot of work to get us here but yeah we're taking volunteers live volunteers dead ones too i'm just kidding i
1: was
0: gonna ask also the social media stuff as well yeah follow
2: you so um feeds c-u-m-a-c-f-e-e-d-s that's our handle on twitter um instagram um facebook as well but then also we're actually on tiktok um so nice. you can just look up you're right. oh you're so yeah, you can look up oh, look dude you. especially you two will get a kick out of just just like when we're done here just you google do some tiktok google. dances over there oh yeah check that. totally i'm um, <laughs> but <laughs> we also use tiktok to um to communicate our justice and equity definitions in our that's work uh-huh. yeah that's that's the way that's the way
1: right there how about you iris what you up to, what you've been up to oh uh, you can check oh man I, well my wisdom teeth are out and i'm in pain but <laughs> you can see what i'm up to uh, on my website called to and you can follow me on instagram at called to rise how about you ray continue to follow us on
0: facebook instagram and on twitter at fatherhood arise and check out our website fatherhoodarise.com if you have any questions. Any ideas on future episodes for the podcast, do let us know. At fatherhoodarise at gmail.com. Again, that's fatherhoodarise at gmail.com.
2: Yeah, yeah. Hey Mark, this was fun. Yeah, dude. man. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Like truly, I appreciate it. And it's it's so awesome to head into uh, Thanksgiving. Um, being able to like share this time with you guys. So thank you for this life giving, like sharing of space. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Peace. Peace. God bless.